Let's go back to Genesis chapter 6. We'll read the whole chapter through again. Genesis 6. It came to pass when men began to multiply in the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man for that he also is flesh yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days. Many giants, great and small, stalking through the land we were singing there in Dare to be a Daniel. But here we have it. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually continually and he repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart and the Lord said I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air for it repented me that I have made them. But, we said about buts a few minutes ago. Here's another one. But, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. It's not, that's a wonderful verse. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. God looked upon the earth and behold it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Flesh had corrupted God's way on the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold I will destroy them with the earth make thee an ark of gopher wood room shalt thou make in the ark and shall pitch it within and without with pitch and God will bless we'll, we'll stop there because a matter of time I didn't realize the time was going on so much we're going to have a look at these few verses I put this up just uh, <laughs> last night I just thought it was good you know, we're all sheep. Jesus said to Peter, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. And that's why we're here this morning. Not to listen to me, to listen to God's word. To be fed by him. To learn something from his word. And we want to be fed like sheep. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our paths. You know, when we go for jobs, we have a CV. And we thought later on we'd have a look at what Noah's curriculum vitae were. Last week we saw that God's Spirit was striving with those who were so wicked, but would not always so do. It says, my spirit shall not always strive with man. And this week's events have been devastating, but God's Spirit 
thankfully is still striving in this earth amidst all the turmoil and all the problems we see in this earth God's spirit is still striving with man you know people will say to you why doesn't God stop trouble and that's a very difficult question isn't it why doesn't God stop but you know part of the answer is because if he were to stop trouble today someday God will stop all the trouble in the world he could stop it tomorrow he could stop it today but if he does many people will go to a lost eternity God could stop the trouble but like in Noah's day God's spirit is striving with men to turn to him look at verse 3 it says my spirit shall not always strive with man for he is flesh yet his days shall be 120 God had stated there that in 120 years time he was going to destroy the earth man's years were 120 and what does Peter say he says, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited. God's long-suffering waited in the days of Noah. He strived, he was striving with the people. My spirit is striving. While the ark was being prepared, wherein a few, only eight people in the whole of the earth were saved. But God, it says in Peter, he waited with long-suffering. In the days of Noah. God is still waiting. With long suffering. Because he wants people to turn to him. He commands people. God hath commanded that men should turn to him. He has provided a way of escape. We know. We do not know. And presumably neither did Noah know about that 120 years. I don't know whether Noah knew that there was going to be 120 years. But we need to be prepared because the rapture will take us someday to be with the Lord will take us to be with himself. We don't know when it will be. Then the eventual return of the Lord to the earth. So we need to be prepared. Are we prepared for what is going to happen? We also saw uh, that it grieved God. It grieved God that he had made man it grieved him I think we said last week that's a very sad verse it says in verse 6 and it grieved him at his heart his heart was grieved God's heart was grieved are we living in such a way that when God looks at us he's pleased or when he looks at us he's grieved by the way we're living the way we're acting do we grieve God And so on to verse 7. Verse 7. And Noah. The Lord said. I will destroy man. Whom I have created from the face of the earth. Both man and beast. And the creeping thing. And the fowls of the air. For it repented me. That I have made man. God looked down. He saw that the earth was wicked 
that it was full of violence, that it was corrupt. And we started this whole little series with the words of Jesus. He said in Luke, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. As it was in the day, he's given us an example. He says, the way it was in Noah's day, there was problem. There were problems, there, was, there were difficulties, there, were, there was corruption, there was violence. Man was evil continually. Continually. He says, that's the way it's going to be when the Son of Man returns to this earth. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. Likewise, as it was in the days of Lot, he says. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. In the, in the description of, of in, in Luke uh, 17, just turn over to it. It's just interesting the, 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 the difference in those two uh, examples that Jesus gave. Luke 17 and verse 26. They did eat, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came. And likewise in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. They didn't marry wives. In the late last days there will be an increase in homosexuality and we can see that happening. Just by the way, there's a difference in those two events. But Jesus said that the events which happened in Genesis chapter 6 will be replicated in the last days. And we are seeing the beginning of these events, I believe. Soon the Lord will come and take his church, and then these whole events will get worse and worse. But until then, things are going to get worse. The Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. And the beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repented me that I have made man. And we saw, we looked at how God, God isn't sinful that he has to repent, but I'm not going to go into that again. Have a, get the tape and listen to it. What a sad scenario. What a sad state of affairs. God had made the earth and every day it was good and it was good and it was good and it was very good and now he looked out on his creation and he said I'm going to have to destroy it. But then we have this wonderful verse, don't we? In verse 8 But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord the Negro spiritual. How did Noah find grace favor and acceptance in the eyes of the Lord. That's what it meant. He found favor and acceptance in the eyes of the Lord. And now we're going to look at Noah's CV. What his creditorials are. His marital state was married. He was married. He had a wife. And you know, they were married and after 500 years 
they had a baby and they had three boys Shem, Ham and Japheth now the interesting thing is just it's by the way again Shem wasn't the oldest normally if you're if you're referring to your children you started the oldest and worked down to your youngest but Shem wasn't the oldest but it was through Shem that the line of the Messiah was to be born if you look at the genealogies in Luke you'll see that it was through Shem's line that the Messiah would be born his occupation he was a preacher of righteousness and a part time boat builder but he was a preacher of righteousness rightness justice what God wanted him to preach now it would have been very easy for him to be start building the boat and not to say too much about what he was doing he was leading himself out to, to ridicule wasn't he right in the middle of this place where there was no water here he was building a boat a huge, a massive thing and he was telling people that judgment was coming God was going to judge the earth and it must have been a ridiculous thing for him to have to do and he and his sons presumably were working away there for 120 years it would appear that he was building this boat but that's alright about his normal things what was his character like you know when you apply for a job they're more interested in what you are like yourself rather than what your qualifications were. It, you might have, we've all met people who are brilliant but can't mix with people and are no good in an office and don't identify with the people around them. His character, the first thing we know about him was in, if you look, it says, uh, and the end of all... Uh, what verse are we on? Verse. Uh, where are we? Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And Noah and God looked and it was corrupt. The end of all flesh. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Noah found grace. If I could find. Yes, there, verse 9. Verse 9. And these are the generations of Noah. These are, it means these are the uh, situations around Noah. It doesn't mean actually his generations. These are the qualifications that Noah had amongst the people in his generation. It says that Noah was a just man. He was righteous and justified and vindicated before God. And what does the Bible say about people who are just? It says the just people live by faith we live if you're just and recognized by God as just you're one who should live by faith and not by sight you know we don't live by the circumstances around us they don't get us down because we're living by faith in the Son of God we're living by faith in what's going to happen to us later we live by faith we don't live by sight the just shall live by faith Noah was a man who lived by faith and if you look at Hebrews, uh, verse uh, chapter 11, and verse uh, 1 to 7, it gives a list of various people. It's the great chapter in the New Testament of people who lived by faith. 
And if you look at Noah, uh, chapter 11, and we'll just r r quickly through it. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. As we said last week, hope in the Bible is, is a different thing than the hope we have in the world. Uh, we, we said that people every Saturday when they buy a lottery ticket hope they're going to win. But they're on a loser. But when we say hope in the Bible, it's the hope in God. The hope in something sure and steadfast. An anchor to our souls. Going on. Abel was a man of faith, it says. Enoch was translated. He was a man of faith. Without faith, it says, it's impossible to please God. And going on, and this is, by faith, Noah, verse 7, being warned of God of, of things not seen. He had to have wonderful faith, Noah. He had to have complete faith and trust in God. He, God warned him of things not yet seen. Moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Because he was faithful, he became the heir of righteousness. He was a man of faith. One of the, the, the wonderful men of faith in, in Scripture really, isn't it? Now one of his uh, other qualifications was that he was a just man. Here we are. He was a just man. Now, th there are other people in Scripture mentioned as being just. Not very many. But there are some, and these are not them all. Joseph, the supposed father of our Lord, we read that he was a just man because he, he had to exercise amazing faith, didn't he? Thankfully, a, a, an angel appeared to him and explained the whole situation. But he still had to have that faith in God to do what he did. He married Mary and he was a man who was just. Simeon. In the temple. Do you remember when that old man was in the temple and he was daily in the temple waiting for the coming of the Messiah? He had wonderful faith that God was going to send the Messiah. And that faith was honored. He was awaiting in faith the coming of the Messiah. Are we waiting in faith for the coming of the Lord Jesus in the air to take us to be with himself? John the Baptist we read that he was a just man. He was preparing the way of, for our Lord in faith. He went out and he preached that the, 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 the person coming after him was greater than he was. He wasn't even fit to tie his shoelaces, he said. And God honored that faith because Jesus came. And he said a few years later, Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. He said, he's going to increase, I'm going to decrease. What a wonderful attitude he had. He, he, most of us would have been a bit annoyed if we had a great following. Then somebody came and started taking all our followers away. But not John. See, John had faith. 
you live by faith. And it reads, Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man. Would people recognize us as being just and honest and straight? Herod did. Herod didn't like John. But nevertheless, he feared John, knowing that he was a just man and holy, and he watched him. You know, people are watching you and people are watching me. We may not think they are. But if we stand up to be Daniels as we sang, people are watching us, waiting for you to do something which they can have a go at you maybe for. But he said, he feared him and he observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. Oh yes, initially he heard him gladly, but then he turned against him, we know that. Remember, these were men who were regarded as just men, and the just shall live by faith. And then it says, he was perfect in his generations, amongst his contemporaries. He stood out, Noah stood out, and God noticed it. Noah stood out for justice and truth in amongst his contemporaries. Amazing. Now there are other people who stood out amongst their contemporaries. One was Jabez. We spoke about Jabez a few months ago, didn't we? Jabez was a, a man who was called trouble or sorrow or something because his mother bore him in sorrow and trouble. Imagine being called little trouble. You know, every time a mother looked at you, she remembered the bad time she has given you a birth. It's strange, wasn't it, if you called something like that? But but the thing was, he was more honourable than his brethren. He stood out. He stood out amongst his brethren. And he prayed, Oh, that God would bless me indeed and be gracious unto me and that he would enlarge my coasts. And God heard him and answered his request. He, he, he wanted a greater vision. Do we, have, do we want that greater vision that Jabez wanted? Now, there are, unfortunately, there's a whole thing started about Jabez's prayers now. Keep away from them. <laughs> it's, it's a kind of a mantra thing that has gone on about Jabez's prayers. If you haven't heard about it, don't look into it. If you have heard about it, avoid it. But it's nothing to do with the, uh, what it says about Jabez in Chronicles. Jabez was a man who stood out like Noah. People saw Jabez and they said, there's a man who's honourable. He's more honourable than his brethren. And it was the same. He was perfect, it says. Noah was perfect. Doesn't mean he, he had reached sinless perfection. None of us would do that. It, it meant that he was sound, he was wholesome, unimpaired. He was innocent, he had integrity. Could we tick off those things in our lives on that list? Are we sound in our doctrine? Are we wholesome in, in what we think and do? Are we unimpaired? Are we innocent to, 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 to the charges that can be laid against us by people? And have we got integrity? In the world, outside, one of the qualifications for being a bishop was in the New Testament is that they have a good reputation of those outside as well as those inside. Well, they mightn't like you, but they cannot point a finger at you. And then the, the third thing on Noah's character 
in his CV was that he walked with God. He walked with God. Now the other chap who walked with God was in chapter 5. If you look back just a chapter, you'll see that uh, Enoch. Enoch was the man who walked with God in chapter 5 and verse 24. We talked about him last week. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. A picture of the rapture of the church. Enoch, as we said, was walking with God one day and God said, I'm going to take you up. And he didn't go home for tea. And he's gone. People say, where is he? He was walking with God and God took him. It's not wonderful. But he had to be walking with God. If he hadn't been in fellowship with God, God wouldn't have taken him. He walked with God. Those men, Noah and Enoch, they first of all walked in the ways of truth and righteousness and in God's will. They were just men. They walked in the ways of truth and righteousness. They walked in a manner that was pleasing to God. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was pleasing to God. And they enjoyed communion with God. And we know that God wants to have communion with you and me. He wants us to please Him. He wants us to walk with Him. We, we looked at it last week. The Lord God walked in the garden in the cool of the evening and He wanted to have communion with Adam. But Adam hid himself. He knew that he had sin in his heart and in his life. And so he hid himself from God. And God called Adam. Where art thou? And down through history, down through the, 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 the corridors of time, God still calls Adam. Where art thou? Where art thou? He calls to you and to me. He wants to have communion with you and me. He wants us to have fellowship with him. Noah walked with God. Do we walk with God? Or is that voice calling Adam? Where art thou? Adam. The saddest call of God that we can read of probably in scripture. Adam. Where art thou? God's still calling this morning to you and to me. And he's saying, Adam, where art thou? Are we walking like Noah did and like Enoch did? Because when Enoch walked with God, God took him to be with himself. Someday we look forward to that, don't we? But until then, we can learn a lot from Noah and from Enoch.